Hi guys, this is another show of the Takeaway Kids. I'm Janet, based in Copenhagen. And I'm Simona, broadcasting from Amsterdam. Hi Simona. So this week I want to raise a topic that you perhaps don't feel you encounter as often, uh, whereas I feel that this is something that actually twirls around in my mind quite a lot, and that is racism. I think the last couple of weeks you've seen a lot of cases, especially in the Netherlands, around Corona. And I think that the both of us actually also had quite a different upbringing with racism. You coming from the countryside of the Netherlands and I'm coming from one of the the bigger cities. And I think that people perceived us differently there as well. So I would love to hear a bit more about, you know, how did you see racism when you were growing up and or did you ever encounter it at all? Yeah, so we talked about this earlier also in our messages and I feel... Growing up, I just moved back to the Netherlands and I walked into one of my primary school friends and she said, you know, when you were just newer in a class, everybody wanted to sit next to you because you were such a novelty. Nobody's nobody's ever seen a Chinese kid in their lives before. So everybody was fighting to sit next to you. And I can remember that very vividly, her telling me that. I think also growing up, You know, although it's on the countryside and although I think the southern part of the Netherlands is not very known for being inclusive and liberal, I think growing up, I didn't really feel it or maybe I ignored it. It never bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. It was more of a novelty. People didn't know what it meant to be Chinese. Um, I think I somehow also integrated enough or well enough for them to regard me as a Dutch person. And I don't feel that I was ever misjudged because of my looks. And and it is strange, though, because I talked to my sister about this as well. And she's nine years younger than I am. And she went to another high school and she had a totally different experience. She was discriminated against during high school. And also in hindsight, I'm 32 now, of course, as well. Maybe I've just shut it out of my brain maybe i don't even want to think of the bad moments anymore but at this moment i feel i didn't really encounter racism when i was little yeah how about you um i mean i think that the both of us have quite strong personalities so we are always able to to open up our mouth when something something is being said or something is being done but i definitely think that there were a lot of small situations where i was just in general feeling uncomfortable might be perhaps my mom making me a lunch pack with some rice and you know uh, salted fish and people just making jokes like why would you eat this smelly shit and why don't you just eat a piece of bread with some cheese and in the end that is also just not knowing of you know is it weird because it also made me feel very insecure about oh is it then not okay that I actually like to eat this or yeah I mean I remember bringing this beef jerky that you once bought for me as well it's one of my favorite snacks and it also when i was a kid and yeah it's just i mean it's beef jerky marinated in some sweet stuff and i would always get so many comments and i remembered and thinking like oh i I probably shouldn't bring this to school because people will make like comments that will that will hurt my feelings or whatever and they would just like make jokes like you know hunky punky shanghai and oh yes you know back then people would always just say and even today people would just say like oh it's just a joke and i think that i maybe perceived it as being a joke or that i should laugh about it but it always made me feel very uncomfortable like 
why should it be okay that you can make comments like that just on the base of somebody's looks or heritage? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's now also that you mentioned Hunky Punky Shanghai. I think that was actually a song that they would sing when it was someone's birthday yeah. in my school. Yeah. And I was so integrated or I was so used to it that it even didn't even occur to me that it, it's quite racist to so in the, for, for the listeners out there that do not know about Hunky Punky Shanghai Hunky Punky Shanghai is a song that they would sing at school when it was someone's birthday and it would give the meaning that it was a birthday song sung in Chinese but it was just well as I already mentioned Hunky Punky Shanghai and then um, I could remember that people actually had to squint their eyes like pull their eyes so they would yeah. be like small Chinese yeah. eyes or whatever yeah. Um, and of course, I also think, you know, that we became much more sensitive in today's culture and that there are a lot of things that we cannot say anymore. And to be also fair, and I think that that's also something that we talked about, there's a lot of sayings that we have a certain connotation with or not. Like, for example, remember a discussion that we had about yellow fever, mm-hmm. um, where you yeah. actually don't feel anything negative towards. But I can tell you, having dated on Tinder, it's out there and it's negative. <laughs> Can you? So for me, yellow fever, I, we talked about this last week and it was only until last week where I got the actual meaning of yellow fever. For me, yellow fever was just people liking Asian girls. That's about it. No negative or positive connotations attached to it. And yeah. then you gave me this entire explanation. Mm-hmm. Can, can you elaborate? Yeah, well, so the reason why we were talking about this is I was hanging out with my boyfriend and we were together with two of his acquaintances sitting around in his kitchen. And we were talking about Corona. It was actually quite a normal conversation and talking about vaccinations that would be, uh, uh, that they are researching now against Corona. And then one of the guys just said like, oh, I also hope that they'll find a vaccine for yellow fever. Because that is a sickness I've had for a long time. And I was just sitting there like, oh my God, how, how can you just set that with me in the room? Because to me, yellow fever is, it's not just saying, oh, I like Asian girls. Because that, I mean, that's fair enough. You know, like you're attracted to certain, you're attracted to blonde hair, you're attracted to dark hair. That's fine enough. But yellow fever to me is guys saying that they like the, idea of this asian girl that is submissive that's there for your sexual pleasure that's there to serve you in any way possible and it almost diminishes that we are people like we have actual personalities and we're not just here put on earth to you know sit on your lap and that is forever you know what will be the the connotation that i have to yellow people and i was thinking like coming back to to tinder like there's also been like several researches about how Asian girls always rank the highest in Tinder results. Um, because, really? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you ever want to try that out. Um, no, but I would literally have guys writing that to me as well, you know, that they have yellow fever and only are interested in, in, in dating Asian girls. Whereas I'm like, I am much more than just, you know, my black hair or... Yeah, my, but do you, do you also think that they have that connotation of yellow fever the same connotations that you have attached to it because for me for me it was just yellow fever means i'm attracted to asian girls okay wait, let, let that's me, it so yellow fever to yeah. me if i have to put it in an example is you know maybe the older white 
guys, whether from Denmark, from the Netherlands, that go to Thailand to yeah. date a girl. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't, yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. That's fair. What it means to you, but you do you also think that the guys who talk about it, mm. whether they're the roommates of your boyfriend or the guys from Tinder, that they have that same type of meaning attached to yellow fever, Ma- or does it just mean for them? I mean, like yeah. even you didn't have the connotation towards no. those words, mm. but at the same time, I also think that then there's a part of education from my part saying like, hey, it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable because this is how a lot of people do look at it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're completely right because I think the, another word that that falls into um, into that bucket as well is the word Oriental, which mm-hmm. is not okay to say in states. Oh, really? Yeah, because they also have a negative concept. It's the same as that you don't say the N word, you don't say Orientals either. Whereas I think that for us coming from the background that we have, this word maybe doesn't have so much meaning except no. for like you will see Oriental in a lot of Chinese restaurants names. But so, yeah, there's definitely something to say of um, who's how people perceive what, it. Yeah, yeah, who's receiving your, your words as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and sometimes, like, if you haven't experienced it or you didn't live in that world or you're not on the receiving part, you're kind of oblivious to it. Maybe I never felt that I was on the receiving part. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just felt Dutch and not even Asian when they would talk about yellow fever. <laughs> and I also think that, you know, when when talking about especially racism and it is a lot about you know some people just mean it as a joke i think we can see it now a lot with corona so that a lot of people have the impression that we can just make a lot of jokes because it's funny and it comes mm. from china mm. and it's not i mean you you also mentioned something about hearing jokes yeah. about that yeah yeah so with corona so now i'm at 32nd year of my life now i actually start to feel the racism whereas i before i never really paid attention to it or i was never really hurt by it but like since corona popped up in asia and also in europe i've seen and i've also experienced um some racist remarks so for instance when corona just broke out not even here in europe yet it was only in china and there was no case in the netherlands and the netherlands it it just started to break i think since this week uh, we have the first couple of cases but in january already when it just broke out in china my parents they got a telephone call from a customer who came to the restaurant that customer told them hey i came to your restaurant yesterday and i think i have corona right now and it wasn't even, it, the disease wasn't even here in Europe yet. So what the F? And then my mom didn't even know what the word Corona meant. And she was like, excuse me, sir, what do you mean? And she was super polite. And then eventually she had to pull my cousin in to ask what, what the customer meant. And it was this old dude, I think. And he, I don't know, he tried to get a free dinner out of it. So my cousin asked him, so what do you actually want now from us? Do you think you have it? He said, yeah, I think I have the symptoms. And then my, my cousin asked him, so what do you want from us? He said, I want a free dinner for two at your restaurant. Oh, wow. So how stupid can you be? So those type of remarks. And then there was another remark of the girls working at the restaurant. Girls, uh, girls saying, hey, I didn't know that you eat bats. The fuck? It's like, where does this come from? But um, I think then also, you know, the thing that I find the hardest in these kind of situations is that, like, even, you know, when people try to be woke, I've seen a couple of videos by Phonics where they interview people on the streets in The Hague, and most of yeah. them also have an ethnic background, and they try to be woke, and they, they just say things like, yeah, uh, we shouldn't 
niet iedereen over één kam scheren. We shouldn't categorize all the Chinese as the same. But yeah. deep down, I'm like, you know, they could be talking with somebody from Turkey or Morocco. But deep down, I just feel like, but you're still doing it because I actually feel as Dutch as you probably do. And I think that we all actually are from the same place, regardless of where our ethnicity is from. Um, and I think that that is also, you know, with racism, like we, yeah, of course you should accept people as who they are. But I also feel that there's there's always an eternal struggle between, you know, having parents that are from Asia, being born in the Netherlands. So what do you then identify with? And also, like, mm-hmm. now I've been living in Denmark for quite a bit. Like, I have to admit, like, sometimes I don't really know what I identify with. Either Danish, either Dutch, or Singaporean, Cantonese, Asian. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or you, in a way, you actually don't need to identify with anything, with any of them, or with all of them at the same time, right? Maybe, maybe. we don't we we don't belong to one part anymore. But now, so you mentioned a bit about your parents. Um, I also think that you know you are quite loud in your opinions. Uh, I don't think that anybody would that you would ever accept anybody saying anything with to you with reaction. Yeah. I have a sister. Hi, Sandra. Um, who is extremely loud and will always say what's on her heart. Um, I guess I pick my battles whenever I think that I should. But if we look into our parents, you know, they came to the Netherlands 40, 50 years ago, and they also encountered a lot of racism. Mm. I think, you know, my dad was lucky that he spoke English and that people per default then respect you more because you speak a language that they have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, he learned Dutch quite fast as well, but I can also see, you know, that a lot of people make very racist comments to my mom, mm. because she's not fluent in Dutch, mm-hmm. um, and they never react to it, like literally never. I've never yeah. seen them respond to that, and I mean, that is also the stereotype that that people have about Asians, right? That we just sit down and bow our heads and. And yeah, and that's also just a general impression that even if people would make uh, these racist remarks, and I've also seen it in the news saying, oh, luckily we can make these remarks about Chinese or about Asians because luckily they do not respond as aggressively as other ethnic groups here do here in the Netherlands. And that's that's so weird to, to read. So if we would have responded more aggressively, that means that there will be less racism towards us or there would be more awareness about racism against Chinese or Asians. It's so backward, you know? In a way, we try to be peaceful or if I if I listen to my dad and my mom, they are, they are peaceful because they have to. They, I think at times they want to say something back, but they don't have the vocabulary to say something yeah. back. So the only thing they can do that to save their own face is to say nothing at all. Yeah. But if they would have spoken up or they would have become more aggressive, sometimes it feels that would have been the better solve, in a way, to battle racism against I, Asians, which I is don't... super, super backward. And that is the thing, though. Like, I think that, you know, the only weapon that you have against racism is empathy. Is that people should try to understand, you know, the, the figure that you're talking to, the figure or the person that's standing in front of you. And I think that a lot of racism is based on ignorance. Um, and I think that a lot of racism is also based on just never actually encountering a lot of other ethnicities or yeah. like other people. Like, I also like, you know, whenever I'm 
in the Netherlands, uh, whenever I communicate with my mom, I always communicate with her in Cantonese. And whenever I would go shop or whatever, we'd always speak Cantonese together. And I literally, if I could get a penny every time, somebody would say, oh, you should always speak Dutch in public. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I've heard people say that. They tell you that. Oh. And I would literally think, like, you know, mind your own business. Like, be empathetic that somebody just left their own home country to, to look for a better future for, you know, their family. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, you know, being annoyed or... I think that's so narrow-minded. It is so narrow-minded. Even 100% Dutch people. So I come from the South and they speak a dialect and they don't even speak Dutch properly. Oh, I, I dare to say that my like, Dutch... I don't is, even understand hmm? this dialect. and it's That's what I mean. So I dare to say that my Dutch is better than theirs. So how how do people dare in a way to tell other people to speak Dutch if even your own people cannot speak properly Dutch? Sometimes I'm just amazed by by how narrow-minded people can be, or you're naive. Yeah. Maybe not, in their world they're not not narrow-minded, but they just haven't seen that much from the world, or they're not interested in it, and they well, like to believe in their own beliefs. And I, I think it's funny people. though that, like, so for the listeners here, whenever we are uh, recording these podcasts, Simone and me will always open up our FaceTime so we can actually see each other. And even though you started this podcast with that you feel like that you haven't encountered a, a lot of racism, I, I can see on your face yeah. right now that you have been affected by these cases as well. Oh, definitely. But definitely the last couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks, which also made me uh, make me very, very mad in a way to how it's 2020. And how is it possible that I grow up without feeling discriminated to a very large extent but why now at this point do I feel so strongly about it so there's super weird cases of at a university in the Netherlands where they they smear poop and and urine on the walls to discriminate against Asians or Asian old fellas being pulled from their bike everybody just being put into one in Dutch you say in an hockey water stuff so you're being generalized it's you're Asian you have corona and I just can get my mind to how narrow-minded people can be mm. i thought we're over this and especially netherlands that has so many different nationalities it's not just dutch people there's so many surnames moroccans uh, turkish people yeah so many different nationalities how can we still be so narrow-minded and do these type of things yeah i think that during the past couple of weeks it finally dawned to me that although i thought i didn't really have to do that much with racism it's been compensated in the last couple of months, which is which is sad. Which is kind of sad, yeah. Yeah. It's very backward to think that we should be more aggressive about it. I'm definitely not going to be more aggressive. I mean, you um, don't have to be physically aggressive, but I also think that no. there is a part to say for education, right? Like, you can explain to people why it is hurting you. Like, you know, I also yeah. try to explain this yellow fever thing now to several people, why I think yeah. it's inappropriate to say something like that. And I also yeah. think that, you know, or hopefully when you actually do explain that then the other party actually tries to show some empathy and perhaps stop yeah. using those words or um, showing those actions. Yeah, definitely. I've been kickboxing for half a year now here. And whenever I go to the gym, I always have a partner. There's always someone that I can box together with. They will come to you, you come yeah. to them. doesn't matter. If you go alone, you will always find a partner. When Corona happened, it was my in, my, in that week, two times. 
where I did not have a partner. It might have been coincidence. It might have been people thinking that I have corona and you better just stay away from the Asian girl. It kind of got me mad. And I thought, you know, the only thing that I can do right now is to, to show them that I'm really good at kickboxing and kick their ass mm-hmm. and just come every day to show them I'm not coughing. I don't have a fever. I'm still part of society. And I feel that kind of helps. I've been showing up every day and me showing them that I'm not some shy little Asian girl that is afraid to be confronted. I'd rather just confront other people with my presence than being shunned. And I think that in a way is also yeah. helpful. Yeah. Now we're a couple of months further down the road. And I've had kickboxing partners afterwards again. I think they've seen my face now so often Mm -hmm. and they think, okay, she's safe, should be fine, it's okay. Well, I think it was interesting to hear, Sim, how your perceptions about racism have changed. And I think that for Mm. not only you and me, but everybody that's listening, whether or not you have an Asian background, there's a lot that we can do in in the part of educating other people about what is actually hurting other people when when you say something. I feel like I have two different realities. Um, I feel like I encounter racism a lot more in the Netherlands, contra where you would expect like Denmark is a pretty homogeneous country. I actually don't really encounter it here that often because sometimes I feel being a foreigner in Denmark, you're such a novelty still today compared Mm. to you know whenever i'm in the hague where my parents live i feel like half of the population there is uh, immigrant background so i encounter it in the netherlands a lot like pretty much every time i will step off the train from you know coming from the airport stepping out at the den haag hollandspoor which is also the most ghetto train station that's that's there um you know people will always make comments but I think that it's because, you know, it is such a multicultural society that we have in the Netherlands that people feel that they are, that it's more accepted to say those things because everybody does it and everybody is mm. part of the problem, part of the solution. Whereas I feel that here in Denmark, you know, I have a couple of Asian friends and most of them are adopted and the remaining of my friends are all Danes mm. and one Lithuanian boy. <laughs> So I definitely think that there there's two sides of how I perceive racism. But I also So in a way, is it that better? Living in Denmark when it comes to racism? Well, living in Denmark is getting more better. So <laughs> I think this is a cue for us to all move to Denmark. Well the city of happiness. All right. With this, I think we're at the end of our podcast. I hope it wasn't too depressing. What do you think? Let us know. Give us some feedback. Hit us up with some comments. Yes, comments, feedback. Also, love. is anybody Share listening to this shit? Are we just making this for our own egos? But yeah, so this is the end. Who knows? There might be another podcast next week. It also might be next year. You never know. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Yes. Wash your hands. Don't think that all Asians have corona. All Asians are awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye.